Hey everyone, it's Sevi. I welcome back to another episode of Sevi Talks where we talk about Genshin, guests, gaming, and stories. Also, once again for this episode, I'm going to put in a spoiler warning for the Fontaine Archon Quest content. If you haven't done it yet, you will probably want to do it before diving into this episode. Today, I have a very cool, very special guest. Hello, Doro. Welcome on. How are you this evening? I'm good. I'm good. I had a busy day, but now I get to relax. You said that on Mondays, you don't stream, right? Correct. Yeah. Only Tuesday, Wednesday, okay. Thursday. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Wow. It's all loaded into three days straight. How are you feeling by Friday? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Not even by Friday. By Thursday night. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm super tired. <laughs> like, like, I only stream like four hours per stream. And mm -hmm. I always constantly tell my community. My community knows this. But, like, after four hours... I get cranky and I'm tired, like a little baby. <laughs> I just can't. I don't know how some people like can stream like all day, every day. And so by either. Thursday, I'm like dead. And then my weekend is just me like recharging. You know, at least you have your weekend straight to recharge. That is yeah. much deserved and much needed. Rest. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. So in this episode, we're going to, well, we're going to talk about Dora. We're going to check in on how he does things as a content creator. And then after that, I have asked you for your thoughts and opinions on Fontaine over on Twitter and YouTube. And we're going to be reacting to your comments because we got some pretty interesting ones, I think. Like we got a good balance of what's good, what's not, what hit, what's missing. So we're going to take a look at that huge range of aspects. And thank you so much to the community for bringing all that in. So starting off with how Doro does his content from where I've um, been observing your your content and your channel. You have been on a pretty amazing growth trajectory. Mm. Like it's it's been actually quite intense also throughout Sumeru. And one thing that fascinated me was during the quote unquote dry patches of Sumeru where a lot of people were getting burnt out like creators, players, you know, everyone was kind of thinking it. You kept going and yeah. kept making videos, kept streaming, kept kept things fresh, which is really inspiring. But I do want to ask first, how did you feel during that time? Were you also trying to avoid burnout? Was it was it just machine? Was it just, you know, day routine? Well, you know, you just got to power through it. I'm joking. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, I've kind of like <clears throat> I've kind of over the years really dialed in what works for me and what doesn't work for me right and so like i said i only stream three times a week and i only play genshin on stream like i i i'll do my dailies and stuff off stream on off days but other than that i don't play like i would love to just sit on a friday when i'm not streaming and just explore and do all that but i know that if i start doing that i'll burn out on the game faster right um because we all know with genshin there's only so much that you can do until it's like you're waiting for the next patch. And so yeah. I realize if I keep everything to stream, then I won't get burnt out as quick. And um, so during those times, you know, I mean, as a content creator, your job is to create content. And I think the biggest test of that and like to see it like what you're made of is what kind of content you can come out with during those mm -hmm. times. And so, you know, I turn to like fun quizzes or tier lists or just, I don't know, stupid videos. Cause like my, my, my whole motto, like for my content is just to make you laugh. 
and you know kind of brighten your day up and so that's what i i did and then i just try to find like stupid challenges or things to do to keep things fresh for people so yeah yeah it, it was definitely like a hard time like it wasn't easy but it was yeah, a good time I because definitely. it really i showed myself what i had you know to offer and like what i could do like what can i make out of nothing you know yeah i really felt like you were making something out of nothing during that time which was really impressive i was like oh my god he's he's still going you know like during that time um i was i was probably crawling a bit i was thankful that star rail came out because then it gave me another focus um but then the way that you were able to like make stuff from playing Genshin or just like for the Genshin community that was still positive and made people laugh like that is really really cool and um it is a testament to probably how much you know yourself um you said that you figured out what works for you what doesn't how long have you been doing this and how did that how did that process go is it like up and down trial and error a lot of trial and error. Ludwig said it once. He's a bigger streamer. He's like a variety streamer. But he said that like content creation is just throwing things at a wall until something sticks. And then once it sticks, just keep doing that. And ever since I heard him say that years ago, like that has been kind of like a like a personal motto for me. Like I'm not going to know if this idea works unless I try it. You know, a lot of mm -hmm. creators kind of like get hung up on the before even trying thing like oh it might not work it might work you know the perfectionist and i still i do that but mm -hmm. you won't know until you try and so it, i mean it took a lot of trial and error i mean i wasn't always a genshin streamer i was a variety streamer beforehand and like at the time i was actually doing dark souls games and oh. i was like you know what, I, I want to find a game that I can just stick to, you know, one game and I can make content around it and then build a community that's always getting updates and stuff. And so I was mm. thinking about a bunch of different games and then Genshin came out. I tried it and then I kind of dropped that's perfect. it. perfect. Yeah, well, the thing is, it came out and I tried it and not on stream, but I was like, oh, this is actually kind of cool. But then I was too afraid. And then uh. later down the road, a couple months later, I said, you know what? I'm going to actually try it because I, I, I want to just see what's going to happen. And my viewership at the time dropped from like 40 uh, down mm -hmm. to like 25, which is still amazing, you know, but at that yeah. time, that's a big hit. And yeah. I was like, I was having so much fun with the game. Like, I truly just did not care at that time. I was like, whatever. I like this. Mm -hmm. And then I stuck with it. And now here we are. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, it was like even Genshin was a Tron error thing. It might not have worked you know but luckily it did it's interesting that you waited a few months to to start streaming it you said i was just too scared to commit and i was like well i'm averaging 40 now and like if i just keep doing what i'm doing i'll slowly keep growing so i'm not going to change anything but i i knew deep down i needed a change and so i was thinking of like like a bunch of games like destiny i'm a big fan of destiny mm. or like world of warcraft or whatever right like a big game that gets updates and then well i didn't say this to you but I, I i've told my community this and it's a joke now but like i legit mean this i did have like a like i was like half asleep half awake it was like a dream and it was just mm -hmm. echoey voice genshin impact genshin impact it was probably like on my mind a lot or something <laughs> I swear to God, and people sometimes don't believe me, but I'm like, I swear to God, it was like a premonition. And so I was like, I woke up and I was like, fine, I'm going to try it. I'm just going to do it. And I did. And then my viewership tanked. 
I kept going because I, I enjoyed the game. Like, I enjoyed yeah. it so much that I didn't care, which was really weird um, looking back because at that time I was so stressed about like my numbers and stuff, you mm-hmm. know, my viewership. But I was just having so much fun. And, you know, fast forward now, here, here we are. Sticking to it really paid off. Um, yeah. So when I when I talked to Dish about how she started with Genshin, she also said that she went like from variety to Genshin and her viewership took a an initial hit like yeah. significantly um before it started going up and up so that is um that is a testament to how trying something that you you are passionate about passionate about and like willing to enjoy it and make it work and like commit to it like it can really really get you somewhere were you making youtube videos right away when you started streaming genshin because i know that you did a lot of short form like mm-hmm. your short form is is what I first saw you from. Yeah, most people did. Yeah, <laughs> how is it going? Like uh, going from streaming to video, or like incorporating that into your routine? Well, so the funny thing is, like when I first started streaming, you know, I was trying to get like the, the hang of being on camera, and like because I feel like streaming and making videos are two very different like skill sets, right? Like yes. I see a lot of creators who have really good shorts or like TikToks or even YouTube videos, but then you go to their streams and then they're a boring streamer or they're not as entertaining. So it's a very different skill set. And so then um, I wanted to learn the skill set first of, you know, being comfortable on camera and talking to chat and like my voice. Like I, I sometimes I go back to my first clips ever made and my voice mm. was so different the way I was talking. Why um, was it like? It was like she was more shy shouty. and shallow. Oh. It was just like, "Hi guys, you know, welcome." To it. It was, <laughs> but now I just go on stream like, "Yo, what's up, guys?" You know, just like be my be myself. You know, like I, I was very like like retail Doro mm-hmm. in the beginning, and now it's yeah. just, it's me. You know, it, it's, retail it's, Doro. Yeah, you know, like I you kind of put that. that front on, but now I'm more yeah. comfortable. I like learning a lot. And so I and I knew I wanted to do this and like grow and like maybe like make this a career or something. And so there's like a YouTuber named Harris Heller who was like talking about. Like, I love that guy. Yeah, he's awesome. Um, he was like talking about like you know make YouTube content first and then like your streams will grow. And you know like everyone knows that right, but a lot of people don't do it. And I remember in one video he said. Um, People ask me all the time why I give out all these like secrets, quote unquote. And mm-hmm. he was like, because 99% of you guys aren't even going to do it, you know, so I'm not worried. <laughs> and when he said that, it like hit me in the heart. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm actually going to do it. <laughs> and so I actually had a YouTube channel um, be- way before Genshin and I was doing variety and stuff. I had a YouTube channel where I was actually um, coming out with, like, streamer tips and stuff. Um, But, like, my approach to it was different because I was, at that time, I was averaging about, like, 10 to 20 people. But, like, my biggest thing was, like, I didn't know what to do for videos. And so a lot of people just said, just start making videos. Just do it on whatever. And so I was like, I'm going to do it on this because I like teaching people. And it was a way to document myself as well. Because I was coming at it from a sense of like, I average 10 people right now. This is how I'm doing it. Once I hit 20, then I'll give out different like content. Like this is how I'm averaging 20 and so on and so forth. 
And so I was making those types of videos. And then I I got to a point after about a year of making those videos where like I had noticed people were coming into my stream, but my stream content did not coincide with my YouTube content because I was playing like mm. Dark Souls, right? But then mm -hmm. my YouTube was about streamer tips and help. So then people, I noticed that people didn't stick around. They would pop mm -hmm. in, but then they would leave because they're like, oh, this is like, I don't like Dark Souls or whatever, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and so then that kind of hit me too. And I was like, why don't I just like start making content from my streams mm -hmm. on YouTube? And then it will all coincide so that people who like the YouTube stuff, when they come to stream, it's the same content, but live. Yeah. And then they'll probably stick around. And so, and then I also got to a point where that content was just stale. I was like, I've already told you guys like what I've been doing and now I'm just rehashing info. I'm done. I'm going to start a gaming channel. And it was very, I always say that I've worked very hard, but there's also a lot of luck involved because this is what happened. I was like, I'm going to start a YouTube channel, uh, YouTube gaming channel on Genshin. At this point, I was just starting Genshin. And I was like, I'm going to make shorts mm -hmm. because shorts had just rolled out. Yeah. Um, so I'm a very early adopter of shorts, which is where the luck plays in because I was keeping everything on one channel. And at that time, I remember people were saying, ah, oh, shorts aren't worth it or you should make a completely separate channel for them, yada, yada. But I was like, I'm just going to put them all on one channel like that would just make sense to me. And I was an early adopter of it. And then I remember I was in line for the OLED switch. And one of my shorts from that day, like popped off to like 14K views. And I was averaging at that time, like 100. So I was like, oh, my uh -huh. God, whoa, this is crazy. And then I, that motivated me like this is actually something, you know. And so then I just posted more shorts and more shorts. And I was at that time, I wasn't really posting long form videos because um, I only had time to do shorts. And then shorts really ramped up and then at one point yeah. i was gamer like of like the week for youtube so then yeah. that really helped a lot and then it just like all skyrocketed and then i started like mixing in long form videos as well and then at a point it just like the graph just was like up 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 and then it like really went up <laughs> Um, so yeah, like that's kind of the journey on youtube a lot of some luck and good timing um, mm. but also a lot of work because I'm at a point now where I have an editor and I think I have a thumbnail artist. Um, mm. but I remember it would be, I wake up, I stream, I compile all of my clips for content yeah. and then I edit my shorts mm -hmm. and then I edit my long form videos and then my thumbnails, and it was like 14, <laughs> 15 hour days each day. Yes. Late nights. It was god awful. Like, I would not wish that upon <laughs> anyone <laughs> unless you really love it, which I do. I mean, I have to in order to be able to do that. But mm -hmm. yeah, it was, it was it a lot. It is so round the clock. It is, it is. so much work. I, I have um, a funny thing to tell you, real quick. I'm sorry. Yes. Um, <laughs> my girlfriend's mom was talking me up to her coworkers. And mm -hmm. they're like, well, so what does he do for a living? It's like, oh, he's a streamer and a content creator. And he just got like a new apartment and yada, yada and stuff like that. And, like, and one of, she said that one of the ladies was like, wow, it really must be nice to only work two hours a day. <laughs> I was like, girl, I barely sleep for two hours. I was like, if only you knew that I worked 24-7. Yeah. 
It never stops. Yeah. It's so brave of them to assume. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Two interesting things there. First of all, I like how Harris Heller just said in his video, like, you'll probably not do this. And you took it personally. I did. <laughs> and you just started. Um, and the other thing is, like, you might call it luck, but, well, luck and timing. But I find it really interesting that you actually bet on shorts. You know, maybe... I, I don't know. Was it was it conscious? Were you like, this is going to be a big thing in the future? Or did you just like put it in there because it's what, what you could do at the moment? And Well, no, because so it was weird because at first I was I was uploading to YouTube shorts because I knew I wanted to be on the platform for YouTube and I needed something for my my gaming channel. But I was already uploading to TikTok. And at this point, TikTok was already a big thing. And you were seeing yeah. so many streamers being like, I blew up on TikTok. You know, this is how my streams grew. So I was like, I'm gonna do it, too. Um, and my TikToks were doing well and my YouTube shorts were not. And I was only posting the YouTube shorts because, A, I wanted to, like, start posting stuff on my gaming channel. But, B, uh. I might as well post my TikTok to mm -hmm. uh, YouTube. And it still had the TikTok watermark on it. Like, and I learned <laughs> that it's not what you're supposed to do. But um, so I, I was just, like, uploading it because I might as well if I'm already uploading to TikTok. And then... Yeah. My YouTube shorts weren't doing well. Then my YouTube shorts are doing really well, but my TikToks were not. And then I got mm. to a point where I was like contemplating, should I still do TikToks? So then I didn't upload TikToks for a couple of months. But then I was like, dude, you might as well upload there because two views means two people saw you, you know, like it's still mm -hmm. something. So then I just started uploading the both um, with, with shorts definitely blowing up. Um, and I, I realized too that, YouTube Shorts viewers, the retention and like conversion, conversion is the word, the conversion mm -hmm. from YouTube Shorts to Twitch streams was way higher than TikTok, than TikTok viewers. Yeah, because like the whole platform of TikTok is built around, well, at that time, it was like 15 second videos to a minute. Mm -hmm. And so, but YouTube is the platform of, for videos, like long form, but now they're adding short form. And so you, yeah. I was getting the long form viewers from YouTube over and they were sticking around for streams. Because people don't realize a stream is four hours and it's happening live. And yeah. that means that viewer is dedicating four hours of their life right now to watch you. Like that's kind of insane. Um, it is. So I realized that like, the YouTube con uh, conversion was way higher than TikTok because I was barely getting anyone from TikTok. But a lot of people mm -hmm. was like, I saw you on YouTube. I saw you on YouTube. And I started seeing it more and more and more. And I was like, this is crazy. And so then that <laughs> even motivated me more. I was like, I want to keep doing this. Like, let's go. So, yeah. Yeah. I remembered what you said about um, your girlfriend's mom's friend, assuming. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the whole streaming thing. It's really funny trying to explain your career to older people. <laughs> it's really weird explaining it to anyone, to be honest with you. That's true. Okay, you know what? That's fair. Anyone who doesn't watch a streamer or yeah. isn't like, you know, chronically online or like on YouTube, um, I have a hard time explaining to like my my older teachers, for example, whenever mm -hmm. I see them, they're like, what do you do now? And I'm like, I stream and they don't know what that means. So yeah. I just, I play games and talk to the camera. And they're just like, oh, okay. Wow, that's great, weirdo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, I am curious how you, how you plan out your stream content. Personally, I have like, I'm scared. I'm always scared of, of doing videos 
or filming videos on stream because I'm like, I never know what can happen. I never know what can go wrong. And there is a, a nice, crazy, like, upside to always having something unpredictable happen. Like, because you can, that's good content, right? If you can, if you can work with it, that's good content. I personally have not gotten to that stage yet, but you do it um, really often and, and really well. And I'm sure planning goes into that. How does how does that work from like planning stage to, you know, do you get surprises? Does How do you work around surprises and things like that? That's a really good question. Um, so the funny thing is, is I hate filming videos off stream. Like when I have to like <laughs> do like an ad or like a sponsor thing, Sitting there and like looking at the camera and like going off of an outline or something where it's planned, I I mess up even more, which is the crazy part. And I feel very unnatural um, doing it off like off stream and like ugh, I just I hate it. I dread it actually. <laughs> and so for me, I love doing it on stream because I have a different energy on stream and I have all my people there. And I like the unpredictability. Like I I have a controlled space. To a degree, right, mm -hmm. where, you know, I have my alerts turned off. I know exactly what I want to do. But I like having the people there to feed off of, like, like, like an audience. I did mm -hmm. theater for nine years, so maybe that's what it is. But I really like having the audience there because I've noticed where when I'm filming, like, a, a YouTube intro on stream, like, it all comes out naturally and, like, in one take. But, like, off stream, I'll be like, Okay, hi. Oh man, I already messed up. This is door. Oh man, and it's just so weird. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I honestly don't understand it. But mm -hmm. every Monday, I like so today, for instance, I'll just take you through my day. I was like, okay, I need a couple of videos to film this week to fill up my backlog a little bit more on my video, so that I'm not worried about content. So I stream three times a week. Can I get a video? Like as long as I get one video a week then I'm happy, but I have three videos I'm filming this week. And so mm -hmm. I kind of just fit it into like the the stream because like, I also think like just playing Genshin, I mean, as long like, if you've grown and like people know you, then you can get away with it. But I'm always trying to like, keep it interesting in some way. And so mm -hmm. like tomorrow I'm doing a Genshin uh, tier list based off of like how hot a character is right it's something so <laughs> stupid but like yeah. it'll be fun to watch and it's also something i like to feed off of the audience like if i say oh i think eula is s tier hot then i get to see people say oh no she's b she's a i feed off of that and then it <laughs> even adds to the content um so i really like that or like i'm doing account reviews on thursday and so i'm gonna make that a video and i just kind of like fit it in because it's kind of like hitting two birds with one stone you know, or it also saves yeah. me time because I, I'm getting to a point where like I realize like my time is like really precious. Like I want to spend it with with my girlfriend or I want to relax or maybe like pick up a hobby. I know that sounds stupid, but like, you, you know, you only it's have not stupid. <laughs> yeah, I know you, you have like one life, you know, and I don't want to spend it 24 seven working. Um, yeah. And so if I can get my videos done on my streams like that that's just like I'm compounding everything together uh but most like to answer your question mostly it's because I love the energy on stream I have a different energy and it adds the content and the like the genuine feel 
of the video yeah. versus like a scripted like outline video like some people can do like some people do that very well like you for instance like with your, your but your content calls for that right mm-hmm. um exactly. doing guides and stuff it makes sense to have that all planned out versus like doing it on stream where like you might get rated or something you're just like talking about <laughs> what Lynette or whatever like scales off of right so like some people's (laughs) content it works best that way but for my content it the chaos works on stream versus off stream that is so cool like the the chaos becomes part of your content and it's really great that that you not only work with that, but it helps you even more. Mm-hmm. When you said that you did theater for nine years, I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> I, I see. I understand. <laughs> um, I have like some experience with theater, but honestly, I feel like the pandemic really stunted that. Oh, it's yeah. like if I hadn't, if, if we hadn't been like shuttered into our homes for, for a few years, then I honestly feel like I would be a lot more confident on camera like with an audience so it's really good that you built that skill set and like you learned that about yourself um before getting here it it, it probably helped you a lot (laughs) it did it did I mean I still get nervous though every stream which is really funny like I still get nervous hitting go live and like waiting there or like I don't know like is the stream gonna like not do as well or whatever yeah, like, you know it it's flop? always a stress yeah yeah the more you do it i guess the, the more confident you get yeah the confidence helps i do think like the nerves i don't know when that's ever gonna go away i'm always like are people gonna show up i do the same thing <laughs> like I, I i have a good average right now but like i i still worry is like oh my god are people gonna show up like is this gonna be like <laughs> my last stream ever like what's gonna yeah. happen dude I think that's normal. <laughs> um, what are your goals? Like, what are your goals for content right now? I saw that you you also started a podcast with Bran, and we did. That yeah. is, you two make a good duo. I gotta yeah, say, he's like, a good friend of mine, which is really funny because like he was actually the inspiration for um, my YouTube channel, which is really funny. So when I was like thinking about like, okay, I'm gonna make a gaming channel and i was gonna be genshin what's my first video and i saw that like he was popping off when i was like about to start like he was he used to be like a final fantasy streamer and stuff like that and i saw that he was averaging like 400 500 600 people all of a sudden from youtube i was like what What what's this guy doing i I saw that his first video (laughs) was like reacting to all of like the um genshin um trailers yes and he was my big inspiration. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to start off with like, I was doing shorts, but I'm going to start off with like making like some reaction content, you know? Because um, mm-hmm. I guess people like that sort of thing. Um, so he was a big inspiration. And it was funny because I remember during a live stream, I was only averaging like 50 people at that time uh, doing Genshin. And he rated me. And I thought he was like the biggest streamer. Uh, and I was like, oh my God, I just got rated my brand. And he was like, I know you. And I was like, what do you mean you know me? He knew me <laughs> from my old YouTube channel. He watched my videos on like how to grow, which I thought was crazy. Oh my God. Yeah. And so then we slowly started like, like talking to each other more. And it's to a point now, fast forward, where like he's one of my closest friends and I talk to him literally every day. And I jump on calls with him all the time. Like, it's kind of crazy um, to see how our friendship has, like, blossomed. And, like, we 
bounce ideas off of each other and like brainstorm uh like for youtube and like streams and stuff like it's really crazy how like all of that kind of just blossomed into what it is um and then so then he had the idea for uh, a podcast and we haven't filmed for quite a while right now because we just got <laughs> so busy with like sponsored stuff um and then like a lot of new genshin content so actually thanks for reminding me i need a dm him today I'm like, hey <laughs> when, are, when are we doing this thing again and then You're i have a move um but people really liked it they were like yo we actually like this podcast a lot so um we gotta yeah. do more of it but we've just been both so busy like to the point where like we literally don't have the time to even film i think that podcast shows how well you two do together yeah um and you know what i'm really like glad for you that you have a close friend in this space like yeah. i know how lonely it can get mm -hmm. um especially if you don't really have anyone um in the same career that you know irl yeah. so that is so cool like i know mr beast talks about it a lot with like youtube right um but like it's good to have like like-minded people to like talk to and bounce ideas off of and so that you can grow off of each other and just become better versions of each other you know and that's what him and yeah. i have which helps so much like he'll he'll dm me uh i think he dm me like yesterday and he was like hey what do you think about this thumbnail versus this thumbnail or like this title versus yeah. this title and we do that all the time and then we'll jump on a call and just talk about it and it's just like if you're a creator out there, find someone who will do that because it'll help True. tremendously. True. That is that is so helpful. Like getting live feedback from yeah. someone who actually knows the space and the content. Yeah. And yeah, the social support in general, like you, you're going to have rough days where you're just, mm -hmm. I can't do this anymore. Or I don't know how, how long I can do this. I don't have the time. I don't have the energy. So having the support of someone who really understands like on a deep level what you're going through it helps so much <laughs> yeah like a lot mm -hmm. so aside from um like wanting to jump back onto that podcast do you have any long-term or short-term goals um maybe plans for what you want to do in fontaine if if you know you don't want to spoil content upcoming content that's totally fine <laughs> you know it could be like in general or are you looking at anything adjacent right now this sounds sound strange but right now i'm kind of stopping and smelling the roses you know um okay. I, I just moved and like i i'm kind of just trying to like chill now and just enjoy what I have and like realize like how far I've come because I feel like a lot of creators including myself tend to forget you kind of get lost in the sauce where it's like you mm -hmm. want more you want more 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 I love that lost <laughs> in the sauce yeah it's like you know like a video does like really well you get like a hundred thousand views on it and you're just like well, I want my next one to hit 200 then 300 and like you keep going and then like if it doesn't do well like if it doesn't get a hundred thousand views and only gets 90,000 views then you're sad and it's like but stopping and like checking yourself is so important because like 90,000 views is still insane, right? Or whatever. And like, mm -hmm. it's good to like look back from where you came from to what you have now so they can be grateful. So you can't be grateful for what you have now. You don't deserve to get more, you know? Um, so right now I'm kind of just doing that. I'm also kind of planning though, like long-term goals is to get into more variety, which is really funny to say, but, you know. Because <laughs> you started there and now. We're yeah, but 
You know, I mean, as a content creator who really grew off of one game, you know, you have to kind of think about the future, right? And of like, what will you do when Genshin inevitably stops and finishes? There is an end. So like, then what are you going to do? Just like quit your career? No, like you want to <laughs> keep going with it. So I want to get more into variety so that, you know, I mean, the truth be told is like when I switch over to like a different game, like I don't obviously average what I usually average with Genshin, which is normal for like every streamer. But like I think the yeah. more you do it, like you kind of build that core audience more and more and more. My only issue I have right now is that I'm just too scared to do it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, I got to get over that. So that's my long term goal is to like get more into variety and kind of build a more well-rounded community not just mm -hmm. like genshin centric community you know yeah yeah like a community that's there for you like yeah regardless of what you play and your energy exactly okay that's that's really good i admire that you are stopping and smelling the roses because you are right wherein you do forget sometimes that you know what you can you can take a breather for a bit you've, yeah. you've done a great job these these past whether it's weeks, months, years. So that's great. And actually enjoying um, your new apartment. Congratulations on Thank that. You. That's really awesome. It's it's funny that, you know, you, you said you're scared to do that because you said that that is like a common problem that every content creator encounters. It's like scared to try, scared to do this, scared to do that. Um, I hope you find like the the rhythm for that and you know what if it doesn't work out you can always go back to your streamer tips because i'm sure that exactly. now you have so much more to give and so much more to say yeah that's true i've learned a lot in the last like couple mm -hmm. years now so you can always go back to that <laughs> yeah yeah all right. That is that is amazing. And honestly, really inspiring. I feel like you have your rhythm down really, really well with how you uh, construct your content from stream to short form to long form and then like scrubbing through it. I, I do hope you get more rest in between, like as that rhythm eases off. Trying to at least. Yeah. And I guess for the for the next part of the podcast, I really want to you know, go go to the Fontaine community opinions. Yeah, let's do it. I see you working a lot with community opinions and input and even live on stream, as you said. And yeah. I really like how you do it. Like, like you know, it's, it's really great. <laughs> well, it's all about the community, right? I mean, without them, Genshin wouldn't be what it is. Streamers wouldn't be where they're at. It's all about the community. So, like, I love, like, asking people on Twitter, like, what are your opinions on this? Or, like, you know. Yeah. Totally not for a video, but you know, <laughs> I don't know. You always get such interesting answers too. <laughs> I know. I see. I feel like if you put totally not for a video, people are mm -hmm. more inclined to then mm. comment on it. It's like reverse psychology. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Maybe if I do that for another episode, I'll try that because for this episode six, I, I was like, I'm going to do it for the semi talks, blah, blah, blah. It got some good responses, but I wonder if doing the reverse psychology. <laughs> will I mean, do I more. learned that YouTube is all psychology based, like your thumbnails, yeah. your titles, everything is psychology. So try it next time. Maybe you'll get more all responses right. or something. Yeah, I feel like you've studied up on a lot of that psychology. I, I try to do, I try, like, I want to study more on it, but, like, I try to learn every day because I just want to get mm -hmm. better, right? And 
like I want my titles to be better. I want my thumbnails to be better. I want everything to be better. So like it's a constant like learning every day, like new techniques, new things, like mimicking what successful people already do and like trying it for yourself. It's a lot, yeah. dude. But I love it. I'm a workaholic. I do see like your numbers grow from this end. And I always imagine like how much work that is. You're approving it. You are showing it. Yeah. So yeah. Before we get into the community comments let's give like a like let's put some feelers out there out of 10 how would you rate 4.0 out of 10 oh man yeah i want to give it i want to be honest i want to say eight keeps coming to my mind eight And, and like that's a good eight um yeah i've definitely explored the most off the bat for a new region than I have any other region. Like I was just like, I want to go swim, go see what's over here, go see what's over there. I give it an eight though, because when Sumeru dropped, that was mm-hmm. a completely different like biome, right? It, ah. it felt more different in that sense. And like, we didn't have anything like that. Like I remember stepping into um, Sumeru and just seeing mm-hmm. the jungle and like all of that, and you're just like, whoa, and you like zip for the first time. Like the amazement of that <laughs> blew me away. Fontaine is mm-hmm. great, but it's just another city, right? With okay. water. But the those underwater swimming kind of blew me away though. So I would say an mm-hmm. eight. And I really like the R conquest, though. I will say hands down, in my opinion, mm-hmm. is the best one so far. Okay. What That's really interesting. Like the way you went into the Sumeru biome thing. For me, 4.0, I'd also give it a strong 8. Okay. Um, but what takes away the, the two points from the full 10 is actually the the Mechamele event. Really? I feel like, yeah. I feel like um, I would have appreciated an underwater event to start with. I don't know if that's like too much to ask or like a fully underwater event, or maybe I just wasn't as impressed uh, with the, with the event because it was rehashed mini games or the, the usual set of mini games. It was okay. (laughs) Like I kind of skipped through the story on that one too. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Like the the guys kind of talked a lot and I just, I just needed the the rewards and stuff. So (laughs) that's, I'm going to be honest. That's how I felt with a bunch of Genshin events as of recent, Mm -hmm. unfortunately, like, yeah, I, I still enjoy them, but I don't know. Like, they're just, they're okay. I think that the event, the late last Genshin event, well, the Bottleland was really good. Um, but before that, like Parade of Providence, I remember the name now with the Interdarshan event. I really like that because I really like the Sumeria characters. So mm-hmm. I guess the Mecha Melee event, like, fell flat for me because I didn't care about the characters at the point. But if it's because they put all the relevant character story stuff in the archon quest and then they're saving like character events for uh the later patches when there's no more archon quest like i can probably see that happening but i just feel like the event could have been more exciting yeah yeah. like not to compare like too much like genshin to star rail but like Mm -hmm. i don't know i feel like star rail right now is really hitting hard with their events and Mm -hmm. they're doing a great job with it and I feel like Genshin, on the other hand, like Fontaine's awesome, but like the events themselves are like 
like okay yeah like (laughs) i mean aren't you the same company like come on (laughs) give a simulated universe in genshin and then and then you look at like the the main story arc on and then trailblaze quest and then and and then like genshin is feeding you so well and hawkeye star rails trailblaze quest is also like just sprinkling it in not really going all the way in yeah it's like a give and take between the two like true so like the way they're balancing it yeah all right that is that's a good like that's a good um baseline for w- how we feel about fontaine mm-hmm. so now let's see how the community feels so this first comment i've got this comment is by lkrdp9463 it talks about the architecture um which is interesting because i haven't well i haven't been to europe to be honest so i don't know how oh okay okay so i don't really know how the architecture would compare they said that everything's so big but not overwhelming large size is enhanced it looks really good got steampunk vibes Mm -hmm. um but it also has its drawbacks since we're getting into the darker mood in the Archon quest. How the sewers underground also had an interesting vibe and it goes with the light dark motifs. So three things there. We have the overground architecture, we have the underground architecture, and we have the darker themes of Fontaine. Mm-hmm. So how do you feel about the core to Fontaine architecture and structure right now? I love it because one of my favorite video games of all time ever made is called Bloodborne. And I love the mm-hmm. architecture in that game. Very gothic feel, right? Like tall buildings, like pointy edges. And that's how I feel yeah. about Fontaine. Like like really tall buildings. It feels like a huge city. Like Mondstadt, like Mondstadt was our first thing, right? Yes. And then Fontaine compared to Mondstadt is like crazy. True. You're just like, whoa. Like this actually feels like a city. And you see like people walking around. You see like the, the mechs walking around. It actually feels like a lived in city. Um, yeah. I love it. Like the vibe is so cool. And it feels bigger than Sumeru City. Like It does. I think it's because it's taller. It gives that illusion. True. Um, but I do I was agree. about to say the level design of it. You have to wait so long on the elevator. <laughs> I know. It, that elevator takes forever. <laughs> it adds to the scale, I guess. It adds yeah. to immersion. <laughs> um, and then you have the aquabuses that mm-hmm. are actual uh, legitimate city-operated transportation from one populated area to another. You know, in Sumeru, you would have to walk and zip line a little bit between yeah. places. It makes the city feel more connected, I think. like More that's real really cool. and connected, yeah. Just like... Like an actual city. Like people live yeah. here. <laughs> I was already impressed with um how Sumeru gave us more populated areas. Like mm-hmm. we, we got some centers of of life there and it also felt lifelike. I liked the design of Sumeru City, but I agree that Font the court of Fontaine is really blowing us away with how big it feels. Mm-hmm. Now the underground, which we were able to enter in Act Two of Fontaine, it does have that dark feel. It did. I was a bit surprised it only served for the purpose of Act Two. I kind of thought there might be more under there. I agree. Like I, I'd, I'd gone underground when I, the first day I was exploring Fontaine, and I thought it was really cool. I was like, "Whoa!" You know, like it's like a sewer and all that. But there wasn't like for me at least not that much to explore, and it was more mm-hmm. like story focused setting. Um, yeah, which I it guess was more makes, setting true. Yeah, so like, 
I was a little bit it's, disappointed with that. Like, I love the look of it, but like, it didn't really mm-hmm. serve that much of a purpose other than story setting. The next comment, this is by Kipling was a furry. It also refers to the darker tone of the story, which the last comment did and a bunch of other comments do. So, you know what? Let's get that out of the way now. Let's okay. talk about how do you feel about that? I love it. It's something I've been wanting for a very long time. Um, I think... Like, I think Star Rail has been doing a very good job with their darker tone. And I was like, and I remember saying, I was like, man, I want this in Genshin. Like, they need to, like, start doing, like, more darker tones and stuff. Because, like, that's, I'm a fan of that. I'm a fan of darker animes and drama, TV mm-hmm. shows and movies. I want this in Genshin. And they, they're starting to slowly put it out, you know, in bits and pieces, yes. I guess, to, like, test the audience but I'm all for it. Like I, like I said, <laughs> like this Archon quest has, is probably my favorite, like beginning of an Archon quest in a very long time. Um, partly due to the darker tones. Like I, I just love that. It feels more adult. It feels more, mm-hmm. more, more is at stake, you know? And it, yes. it's, weirdly enough, it feels more real in a sense of yes. like, it's not all happy go lucky and stuff like that. Like, Stuff is about to go down. Stuff is going down. Like, you've done the Archon quest, right? For, yes. Oh, my God. Like, that, that <laughs> cutscene when in the courtroom, like, when that thing happens, like, my mm-hmm. jaw dropped and then unhinged and then dropped more. I was like, there's no <laughs> way I just saw this happen in Genshin Impact. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, my God. And the way it unraveled, it, w- it, it was awesome. And I want more of yeah. it. Yeah. It really, the way it escalated, yeah. Yeah. It was so cool. And um, then it kind of escalated again when that guard started dissolving. Now, yep. I was I was kind of surprised that they actually, you know, stayed the shot, kept the shot on the guy. Yeah. Like, huh, that's a, that's a nice image of a, of a guy dissolving. Thank <laughs> you for that. <laughs> um, I do agree that it feels more real it's like we're dealing with real shit now you know we're not just not just dragons well there are dragons but not just dragons right right it feels more grounded true true we are dealing with um issues and and conflicts that are more familiar to us in the real world yeah um we have issues of justice we have um people who are rich and evil (laughs) True. You know, who who take advantage of people. And then you have like so many levels of power, um, people uh, asserting their power against each other. And I think that's really interesting. I think one point that the lore community likes to make is that Genshin has always had dark lore. Mm-hmm. It, there's always been stuff in the background that alludes to really gross things and really disturbing things. But um what we see now is that they are putting it out in the forefront where mm. everyone can see it and like everyone has to experience it. It's not just by choice that they look for an artifact set or they read a weapon description. No, it happens right in your face yeah. <laughs> where a guy gets smashed to bits. Right. <laughs> or like, yeah. oh my God, am I, am I allowed to talk about spoilers, I guess, for the quest? Yeah. Okay. We're, we're past the spoiler point. Okay. Yeah. The ending to part two of the Archon quest when you take the guy to the fountain. <sighs> yes. I, I was blown away <laughs> by that. I was like, oh my God, you know what? I know he did terrible things, but like 
at least, I mean, his last wish, he gets to, and then it was just like, nope, we got nope. you. <laughs> Torture. You are a we horrible are person. And this is, I was like, dude, this is so dark. <laughs> I love it. Give me more of this. But I was like, True. I was shocked. I was like, wow, Genshin's really doing it. I was also shocked that they did that. And, you know, after the unsatisfying uh, whatever they did to Azar in Sumeru, where they just, like, sent him off for community service in the forest or something, like, for the rest of his life, this was a lot more vindicating. Yes. (laughs) Like, a lot. I was like, I did not expect it. And, by the way, free-to-play game, like, it's crazy. I always remind (laughs) my my chat about that. I'm like, guys, this is, like, a free-to-play game. This is, like, Mm -hmm. insanely good. They are giving you these insanely shocking scenes for free (laughs) yes so i'm here for it i love the darker tone i want more of it all right next comment we have adam kovacs commented unpopular opinion i did not find the archon quest that amazing rather predictable i find all other archon quests more interesting how do we feel about that i want to know how they thought it was predictable because to me it was not predictable at all um i think um when I was doing the Archon quest and they were taking us through the, um, um, at, at least Act One, right, with the court case and mm-hmm. the magic show, my first guess was that um, Lillian, the thief, did stuff Cowell in the box out of self defense. Mm-hmm. And the Archon quest, like the mini game, right, the analyzing mini game, it first tries to lead you into thinking otherwise that Cowell yeah. did it to himself. Right. So travel like it traveler concludes that and it makes you think that um and Paimon's doubtful. And then after you redo the whole thing with new information, the conclusion is that Lillian uh put Cowell in there. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, I feel like it was somewhat predictable or at least plausible, right? It it was it was the most plausible explanation. Yeah. Now the thing is. Um, people are theorizing that the entire act one was also a sham, was mm-hmm. was also a show, right? That that Linny was acting out the whole thing, and there's some ulterior, more ulterior motives behind it. And I find that really interesting. But also, that. if that happens, is that predictable, or is <laughs> that like, is that a plot twist that's predictable or is it like an actual plot twist, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, because Genshin did just re um, post their, um, their like, the, the Fatui. Yeah. So yeah. it could maybe be like a predictable twist that's unpredictable. I don't know. <laughs> Going off of this person's comment, like, the first half for me was not predictable. But mm-hmm. the second half started to become predictable in the sense of like, I think I know I'm pretty I've seen this before. I know who it is. And then it turned out uh-huh. to be them. But then, like I said, then the end twisted it. And I did not expect mm-hmm. to see that happen. So mm-hmm. overall, I don't think it was predictable, at least for me, you know. Okay. Once Genshin has uh, started to take its darker turn. It's a little harder to predict what exactly they're going to do. Um, maybe in terms of story structure, once you get a sense of where things are going, 
you can start to predict like what's the next conclusion the characters are going to reach but then the actual scenes and then the actions that the characters take or what what happens to them that's an interesting and so far shocking thing to to play through (laughs) for real (laughs) next comment this one's by dave padilla well this is also about dark mature story vibes um but this comment has a special mention for npc silver (laughs) Navia's guards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. I think them adding little side characters like that and like their quirky personalities builds upon the world even more. And I think people forget that small details like that in any video game, really, or even a TV Mm -hmm. show or something, really helps build the bigger picture. It's not just the big things. And so I agree, like Silver. And then what was the other guy's name who talks like this? (laughs) <laughs> He's really old, that guy. Um, um I also forget his name, but I, I just love think him. of him as the butler. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But like that whole dynamic, that whole group dynamic, like really just makes everything feel more real and grounded. You know, like there's a- these NPCs like actually exist, you know, in a sense mm-hmm. of like it's not just five star characters running around, four star characters, like these little <laughs> side characters that are not even playable or it will never mm-hmm. probably be playable have life to them and i love that yeah and it's really cute that they show up as navia sidekicks because for example yeah. in the sumeru main quest we did get an npc dunyarzad who was really cool but yeah. also she was a big part of the picture you know she wasn't just a side character mm-hmm. um she was there as a true part of the plot um true. but then here in fontaine we have the the two navia bodyguard sidekick guys and they're there for flavor and they're so funny exactly <laughs> it's, a, it's a little bit of salt right there just a little, yes. little flavor right there and it just really yes. adds to it all yeah i i agree like this comment uh giving silver a special mention love, it. love it thank <laughs> you now from Eds at Doodlemind. So this comment says, it's so pretty and I would have hated to have the come back up for air every so often. But the underwater battles are a little one-dimensional. So let's talk about like the underwater experience so far. I was very surprised with it because it was the first thing I wanted to try when I got the Fontaine. And I wanted to see two things. How fast does it load going from overworld to underwater? Uh, and I play on PC, so but I wanted to see that. Yeah. And then I wanted to see how it felt swimming around. Because I was afraid it was going to be sluggish, you know, because mm-hmm. everyone dreads underwater like levels in video games. Mm-hmm. So I was a little bit worried, but I was very surprised that I was able to just jump in the water and then just ghost underwater. Like I even did it on my, <laughs> my phone and it does it. And I was like, how do they do this? And it really surprised me too <laughs> when they talked about how they've been working on like the swimming mechanic for years. Like they've been already been playing this years in advance. When I was like, that's Mm -hmm. kind of crazy. And I think players forget that. Like we don't just get Fontaine built in a month on their end and then we just get it. Like it's years of planning. And they were talking about like things like that would make the experience fun and not fun. And so I really enjoy that there is no oxygen like mechanic because that would have been the most annoying thing in the world. To always have to go back up and then go back down or like hit like a bubble that's underwater or something to get more. Yeah. You would be too stressed out, 
you know, yes. and it's kind of like um, Dragon Spine, right? When you're exploring yes. Dragon Spine and you're always like <laughs> getting cold and no one like and it's a meme in the community. No one likes exploring Dragon Spine because of that. Uh, and so it, it would have been the same thing with water. So I'm glad that they didn't add that mechanic. I will mm-hmm. th- agree, though, with the fighting. The fighting is very yeah. one dimensional. I think the underwater exploration is phenomenal. But the fighting itself is like, eh. But I do like mm-hmm. how you can steal creatures' um, powers and then Abilities, use the powers yeah. to um, solve puzzles. I do like that. Mm-hmm. But the fighting, yeah, eh. Creature stealing thing, it feels like it's it's more there to fulfill the puzzle mechanic. It doesn't really feel yeah. like true combat. Yeah. Especially with how, like... Especially with how Genshin already does its its regular combat so right. well, it's a big step down. Exactly, exactly. It is a big step down. Um, so yeah, I agree there too. So this comment is the first one in our sequence that mentions the Numa Usia mechanics, the Numa Usia mechanics, mm-hmm. um, and it says that they're interesting, but at the same time, feel like they could have done more with it. It doesn't feel like a requirement to succeed in battles. And I feel like this is kind of a could go either way. If it's a requirement to succeed in battles, people would be concerned about, you know, pulling for certain characters just for that mechanic. Um, but if it's not doing much, then it's just it's just extra. Do you feel like they've struck that balance? Do you think it is underwhelming or that they could do more with it? I'll probably say it's underwhelming because I'm going to be completely honest with you. I don't understand it fully. And it's because and <laughs> and I have not run into any issues regarding it because mm-hmm. my characters are very well built. I also am a whale in the game, but, you know, <laughs> I'm able to just kind of unga boonga through everything. And so, mm-hmm. like, I really don't even understand. Like, I've, I've run into it for some puzzles but that's it. Um, mm. So from my point of view, I guess it's underwhelming because it's like what yeah. they said. You don't really need it. And like you don't yeah. even have to be a whale. You could just build your characters that you have better mm-hmm. and just mm-hmm. kind of surpass it and like not really use it, you know. But yeah. in the same time, though, do you think if they really made it a requirement for like enemies and stuff, would it put too much stress on players then? I think it would in terms of Spiral Abyss. No, oh, like yeah. uh, if if that were a big big thing, Spiral Abyss or at least this Spiral Abyss would be a lot less manageable. Mm-hmm. Right now, this Spiral Abyss in comparison to like the three point six seven, those were <laughs> God, uh, those were so stressful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, however. I think that there's still a middle ground that they could have struck, honestly. Yeah. Uh, not being too underwhelming, but also not being too stressful. Maybe if it were a little more interesting than just uh, a, a polar duo, where yeah. it's just like hit hit one with the other. Hit, you know, I I don't know how well. I'm not a game designer. I don't really have any ideas right now. But I think. Um, because it is as simple as that. Maybe maybe it is a bit boring. Or, I don't know. Maybe we haven't found enemies that uh, use it well. Because right sure. now, it's just hit it with the opposite color and uh, it'll turn off or something like that. Right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Maybe yeah. as time goes on, it'll get more um, complex, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, at least I could hope for it. But... Yeah, other than that, as of, as of right now, it's just like you said, it's just 
very simplistic, <laughs> not even really necessary, but mm-hmm. I mean, the idea is there. I think mm-hmm. they just need to like implement it more in the upcoming patches. Okay, so this one was by Kaito on Twitter, a string of comments. It okay. was like a, a Twitter reply thread, right? So I'm going to sum it up real quick, which is that they felt like Fontaine was a letdown. Um, And this is really interesting to me. Uh, Fontaine has gotten a lot of positive feedback from so much of the community. And we do have players who feel the opposite, which is valid. Like, you don't have to be uh, totally (laughs) in agreement or totally impressed with everything that Genshin puts out, right? They said that the setup revealed way too much. Um, the, The trial was a bit boring. They feel like the villains are a bit one-dimensional. The entire region feels like wet Mondstadt. So <laughs> there's like <laughs> oh, no. a lot of interesting stuff there. <laughs> Which one grabbed your attention first? God, the wet Mondstadt one. <laughs> um, but also the 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 court stuff being boring. And I think, I mean, like you said, I mean, everyone has their opinions and everyone has their likes and dislikes. You're never going to make everyone happy. Or mm-hmm. not 100% of your player base is not going to love what you come out with, mm-hmm. right? Uh, because, like, some people like that aesthetic. I love, like, steampunk, gothic, um, like, Victorian, like, aesthetics, which is why I love this yeah. place. But some people aren't into that, and they like other stuff. And so that's totally okay. Um so I understand from their point of view, because it seems like they just don't like the, that aesthetic and, like, maybe, like, that theme um Mm -hmm. i don't know because i thought like the the ace attorney type court stuff was very refreshing (laughs) um especially Mm -hmm. for an archon quest where like you get thrown a lot of paragraphs of lore and talking that i feel like it really broke up the gameplay so yeah i personally loved it but i could see other people like just not being into it because they're just not into that theme I think that if the trial scenes weren't voice acted, and thank God they are, it would be a drag to get through. Oh, so yeah. this commenter said that this they felt like the setup revealed way too much. That's 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 interesting because Fontaine is trying to be a mystery. It's about it's trying to be a detective case, right? Right. Um. So I wonder if it's like a difference in maybe case solving experience or like puzzle experience. Maybe this is too easy. Um. Maybe for a player less experienced in case solving or debating or like lawyering and stuff. This is um, a challenging enough puzzle. And I wonder if it's because they want to keep people like maybe they want to keep people's attention more between patches and stuff and like more interested Mm -hmm. versus like not saying enough. And then Mm -hmm. people like kind of forgetting or just like falling off in a sense, you know? Um, okay. I wonder if that's what it is. So that like they'd rather share a little bit too much so that you can kind of chew on that for a bit between patches yeah. um, versus yeah. not having anything, you know. When I uh, look at the Star Rail Shenzhou Luofu uh, Trailblaze quest, I'm not sure if you've done it or how far. I'm caught uh, up you're on like it. the big stuff. I fought the up. big mommy lady. The b- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in some ways. Um, I do feel like Shenzhou doesn't tell us enough. Mm-hmm. Um, like with regarding to some characters or some histories or backstories, right? Um, it, so it's interesting that 
you pointed out, you know, what maybe saying too much or saying more than you need to can be better for people to enjoy over an extended period of time. I think that's a good point. Right. Because I, I think Genshin is very well aware of mm-hmm. um, their communities and like mm-hmm. the, the lore theorists and stuff. And like the community yes. feeds itself in a sense. Right. And they know yes. that. And so that's my theory. That's my straw. That's my uh, tinfoil hat theory. Or it's like they'll tell us <laughs> too much knowing that lore theorists and stuff will like use that to create content and drum up buzz and people get talking and like have their own oh, theories. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. That's psychology. 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 Right <laughs> okay. This next comment, this is by Seb with an X. It also started with how they feel like the underwater combat is stale or underwhelming. But they added something interesting. Maybe having an ability fusion system where if you take two abilities, they would form a fusion ability. Kind of like an elemental reaction in a sense. Yeah. What if you got the blubber beast and the crab shielding ability? What would that look like together? And hopefully it's not just like a literal, you know, rehash of both abilities happening at the same time. You know, hopefully it does have like some reaction to it like a fusion ability see i'm gonna be honest with you i don't even think that would be enough to make the combat feel good because here's like going from on ground combat and genshin to the underwater like it just doesn't work you can't have that mm-hmm. same combat system underwater because everyone's floating right and then you're mm-hmm. you're surrounded by water constantly so you can't do like your um reactions normally so i don't think there's really anything they can do to make it I, I just don't think players would be happy enough like even if they added stuff like that or like enhance the combat a little bit you would still get people comparing it to the normal combat and be like well it's still not good mm-hmm. enough you know um but i would yeah. like to see like them r- not revamp it but just add on to it i think just to make it more yeah. interesting because as of right now it's just steal ability press button slash Slash. And then try to float, dodge, swim, yeah. you know. That's it. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's that's true. Like, Genshin already made itself a fantastic combat system, and we just don't get to enjoy it underwater. Right. So, Apanis on Twitter replied this. So, this is a mostly positive comment, and then they, t- they ended it with, my one complaint is the new enemies didn't like most of the designs. Really? How do you, like, how do you feel about that? I love the designs. I think they're so cool. Like, I, like the first and foremost, the um, God, what are they called? It's like the dancing boss, like the world boss. That like the oh the, the ballet suite. Yeah. Oh my God! What a gorgeous <laughs> fight that is. And like, I love like the the mecha uh, enemies. I love I love the designs. I think they're really good. I like the underwater beasts and stuff too like i'm actually a huge fan i like these oh, designs yeah. more than sumeru's enemies um really I, yeah the, I the, the mushrooms yeah <laughs> yeah just a bunch of mushrooms right um <laughs> but no i i'm but it's also because again i'm i like robots i like mechs yeah. i like that kind of stuff so mm-hmm. it hits well for me but not everyone's into that right i think they did a really good job with the enemies this time and i think they're more uh unique than usual you know because sometimes i just get tired of looking at different types of monsters we're finally getting like robots and stuff yeah like we've had hilly trails for three years so it's, yeah. it's nice to 
Because new. It's nice to get some uh, metal in here. I think that the Numerosia part of the enemy still holds it back. Yeah. Like that that part of their design holds it back. Um, you mentioned the underwater monsters. I love the that you have some mini bosses yes. like, in the open world. Right. Not just Ninian and Vivian. You also have the big crabs. Yeah. I don't know if you've come across those, but <laughs> I think I've come across one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I did. Oh my God. It was my first time I went when swimming. I was like, whoa, what is that? And I went to go fight it. And he was he beat me up. I was like, nope, I gotta go. I gotta leave. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So they have some uh, mini mini bosses underwater. Um, in that aspect. The underwater combat still holds it back a little bit, but the enemies themselves, I think that they've added a little more variety, not just in the visual design and like the metal and stuff, but actually putting some interesting enemies that you can go back to that respawn that aren't like just for farming materials. Right. Right. I would agree in terms of the numacy mechanics, but then design wise, visual design wise, I don't mind it and you really like it. Yeah. So this is another critique of the Numacia arc mechanic because it's not great, but they also commented on Hydro Traveler being disappointing. <laughs> I've been hearing that. I don't really play Traveler much, so you might have more insight on this since you're the uh, the theory crafter, but I, I'm hearing that Hydro Traveler kind of is disappointing in regards to like Dendro Traveler or something, you know? Yeah, Hydro Traveler is is a it's a pea shooter from Plants vs Zombies, basically. <laughs> I love that game. Is how my theory crafter friend and I like to talk about them. They just like point and shoot. It's it's honestly like oh. so silly. I feel like they took the the Dendro Traveler and said, okay, we have to dial it back ninety nine percent. We're going to release a traveler that is so underwhelming, yeah. and so silly. That no one is ever gonna want to play them like for legitimate reasons, and they accomplish that. I swear, when 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 Hydro Traveler's burst comes out, it's a bubble, mm -hmm. right? It's a bubble. It just like floats and, and it floats away. When that first came out, I thought it would do more. It doesn't yeah. do much other than pass through enemies and like pass through the walls of Spiral Abyss. It just it just has its own mind. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> it's so stupid, wow. honestly. Yeah. I think that saying, like commenters saying it's a little disappointing is um or a bit disappointing rather, it's very kind to Hydro Traveler. It's <laughs> <laughs> an understatement, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that sucks. If you ever pull up Hydro Traveler and like try their abilities or try to do a full team or bis fight with them, mm -hmm. you'll 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 see. <laughs> Okay, I got you. Dang, yeah, that sucks. I wonder why they they did that. Maybe maybe they made Dendro Traveler so good that people weren't pulling for Dendro characters, and so oh. they're like, make Hydro Traveler suck so that they can pull so the people can pull for the Hydro characters. That's a good point because in a lot of my Dendro character related videos, I would say like if you have a Dendro Traveler raised, you don't have to worry too much. Yeah, so that's true. Albatham said, Linny ended up being a lot stronger than I expected. Mm -hmm. And the events have been kind of whatever. So let's start with Linny. Is he a lot stronger than you expected? He is. I see. So I was going to pull for Linny anyway, because that's our first 
Fontaine five star. And I did the same thing with Tainari uh, for Sumeru. And I love Tainari still. I think Tainari is a great unit. Um, yeah. And so Lenny, dude, I I did not expect <laughs> him to be that strong. Like I'm hitting some really good numbers with him. And he's more fun to play for me than Ganyu. Um, cause I mean, yeah. Ganyu used to be like the hardest hitting character or like one of, but then, you know, we got more characters and I don't know. Ganyu for me is not that fun to play anymore, but Lenny is, and I might be because like he's new, maybe it's recency bias, but like, maybe he it's actually the just cat. Feels good. <laughs> maybe it's the cat. I'm, I, I do like cats, but I don't know. He's just fun. <laughs> it's fun to see the big damage numbers and then like his. Mm -hmm magician animations the animations really kind of put everything together yes but he is yes. definitely more powerful than i thought especially with my c6 benny i do agree that Linny is funner to play than ganyu i think it has to do with the well for me it's the rhythm of his rotation because with with ganyu you put out her skill and then if you're in a melt team you don't you usually don't even need to use her burst yeah. you just skill and then charge shot charge shot charge shot but with Linny. You can do first, and then you charge shot, charge shot, charge shot, and then he finishes it off with a bang with his skill. Yeah. And then you go on him again. You can turn him into a cat. I think that's really cool. And he does easily hit six digits, which is <laughs> impressive. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't expect it. Yeah. You sign said details of birds and underwater creatures. Okay. The underwater creatures flat out like real quick. They are really cute. <laughs> mm -hmm. I, 100%. They're so cuddly. Like, um, mm -hmm. God, what's that one? It's like, um, it's like a seal that you can feed every day. I don't very you, puff. Yeah. Very puff. Oh, adorable. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very puff is so cute. And he just. Mm -hmm. it, it's nice that you can just keep coming back to it. <laughs> they did a really good job with the designs. All right. This is a funny one. This is by Eternity449. Okay. It says, I like that the puzzles are all kind of unique and confusing because when I go watch random streams, it's fun to see them struggle with the same puzzles. <laughs> and I feel less <laughs> stupid for being confused in the first place. <laughs> That's funny. See, I'm, I'm known for being really bad at puzzles. So... Mm -hmm. <laughs> I get it. How does your how does your community go with you when you start, you know, flopping at puzzles? Oh my god, they will not. Are they the? Uh... They don't let me live it down. Like they'll <laughs> they'll just like, what's the word? They'll mock me in a sense and like just make mm -hmm. fun of me. And it's like I'm trying my hardest. It's like oh my god, he's not aware. I'm like I'm trying. <laughs> It's hard yeah. when you have an audience watching you versus like doing it yes. by yourself. For me, I always prefer them to just mock me than trying to teach me how to do it. Oh, the backseating. Like, yeah. I I'm don't like, like no, that. I, 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 we're going to get there eventually. You know, just, just enjoy people looking stupid. Just let me <laughs> cook. Meantime, okay. I'm glad that people enjoy watching each other struggle because yeah. for me, I would just rather keep that. The last part of this comment I want to bring up. Thank you, Alvaro, for the comments. The new animations on the character panel are cool, but some are super cool and others feel like I got robbed. Now you have reacted to... I have. These. Yeah. And right off the bat, real quick, which ones got robbed? Uh, Beto's is the worst one <laughs> because I think they could have done so much with her. Like she could have like took a swig of something and then like thrown her bottle like wipe her like like a pirate wood or something and like some attitude yeah. to it i think all she does is like turn around she just goes 
Yeah. Like, I'm just like, what was that? <laughs> Same thing with Shao. I thought Shao's was also kind of boring because he just goes, oh. mm. I'm like, that's all you did? Like, I don't, but then because it's, it's not consistent because then you get like Shang Ling who does a freaking cartwheel and then yeah. um, Guoba burps. I'm like, like that's amazing. Or like um, Lenny's whole <laughs> thing. Like some of them yeah. are really good and then the others are just like, that was it. I am kind of sad that all, all that all Haytham does is close a book and turn around. Yeah. You know, it's on brand for him, but come on, man. <laughs> Like you could have done something way cooler. Exactly. Like remember his animation um in his his trailer where like he like touches like his like ear or something and like he like turns. True. It could have been something cool like that, but no, he just oh I'm done. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Jung Lee also does turn around. Like I told my chat, why are my husbandos having the most boring animations? Right. And I swear, Nivellette is probably gonna come with a super boring one too. Probably. Edo's was pretty <laughs> like, cool though, I think, from what I remember. I think he like kicks his uh his club. Or something. I can't remember. Yeah. remember but I thought his was true. His at least they give his personality, which is well deserved. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. This is interesting. RK Nancy said, I get the feeling we are going to see something really ugly in future Fontaine exploration. Underwater is new, that's why they made it simple and fun. Once they get to the gritty part of Fontaine, I think everyone will curse this game. <laughs> interesting. I could see that. So like if which trailer was it? where you see Farina like crying by herself um and it's like all like gray and dark um, yeah i think that was the version trailer yeah what if we get something like that or like Ooh. um it's like some story beat or something or like it the the prophecy does happen and then mm -hmm. we have like this um kind of reminiscent of Inazuma place that was kind of yeah dark. it would have it would have been Enkidamiya yeah. yeah 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 so something like that where it's like a dark gritty place to like explore um i could yeah. totally see and a lot that. more dangerous yes yeah i could totally see that and i would love that i hope we do get that i wonder if it is going to make us curse the game <laughs> all right so this next comment makes a comparison between sumeru and fontaine alvin cruz commented everything i hated about sumeru is what made me fall in love in with fontaine the long Archon Quest of Sumeria was so slow-paced and boring, but Fontaine Archon Quest is long and very intriguing with unpredictable plot twists and cool cutscenes. Sumeria was so big, had so many underground places, you get lost easily. Fontaine, if you're lost underwater, you can just rise to the surface. Also disappointed by some Sumeria five stars, but feel like they'll be releasing OP characters in Fontaine. So what do you think here, especially with the whole Sumeria comparison? I mean, Sumeru gave us Nahida, who's like one of the most OP characters in this game. So I don't That's know. That's true. <laughs> like, no, I mean, I agree on a lot of that stuff, actually. Like, I think Sumeru's Archon Quest was definitely a slow burn and a very slow start. But then it really paid off lore wise. Like mm -hmm. it was, God, it was very long. And I remember people were like, dude, like all the um, content creators were just like, dude, this thing is like a long Archon Quest. Like what is going on? Um, and it was definitely a slow burn, but I, it definitely paid off and I really liked it. But I do mm -hmm. like the pacing of Fontaine's. And I think they're learning yes. of like, okay, we can do it quicker in a sense. And big agree. And, yeah. And like all the plot twists and stuff. So I agree with that for sure. I do like the exploration in Fontaine with the swimming and stuff. 
But I'm going to say something weird. I think I might have liked the exploration in Sumeru more mm-hmm. just because I guess it was bigger in a sense um, and like a whole new biome, like I said earlier. So it felt yes. more new versus like Fontaine does feel new, but it is just another city with like a, a new coat of paint um, and yeah. then a completely new biome. But the underwater exploration is really good, too. Um, wet Monstad. <laughs> yeah, Wet Monstad. I thought Sumeru's five stars were really good. I th- I also thought Sumeru's five stars were really good. I mean, of course, the community felt let down with Dia, but yeah, yeah. Um, I think every, like, the other five stars there were solid. We got Nahida and we got Alhatham and we got, like, a lot of other good ones. Like Nilo, um, yeah. This is Antiques Custos. Quality of life improvements. Pathetic. <laughs> 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 that oh, is hilarious no. um aside from the character animations and team page uh revamp yeah what did we get what we got the map we got the multi-layered map the multi-layered map is nice and i think that is it i have, I have shared my opinions on this and i, I already see what they yes. said about um resin you had a video on that yeah yeah artifact loadouts is a huge thing um and it really confuses me because not to c- keep comparing it but like star rail is like coming out with so many like quality of life things very quickly um mm-hmm. like we just got resin i don't know what it's called in that game i forget but resin like um like reserve which is cool yes. and then they even got more resin to use and like yeah that game's only been out for four months <laughs> yeah like three years dude and like it really <laughs> confuses me as to why they just don't do it like they're and it would be nice to you know maybe get answers as to why we haven't gotten it versus just like being quiet when the community and, and even content creators are so vocal about it of like yes. resin or like artifact loadouts like but like don't you think at the same time where they keep adding more regions more bosses more enemies mm-hmm. more characters you would increase the precious thing that we call resin so that we can farm more you know because yes like, a lot of people are f2p you know like i i use my primos for resin and it's because mm-hmm. I feel like I have to. And I, I make content on the game, right? But like a casual yeah. like F2P player, they, they'll never do that. They're just like, no, that's yes. that's too much. So if you want to keep them coming back, I would think give them more resin. Or if anything, increase our condensed resin and let us hold it yes. for like longer or something. Um, so that we can like come back on a certain day and like really go ham like farming on one day or something. I don't know. Yeah. I do think like the whole resin issue, I would love to see them improve that. Um, You're right in which if they can make it easier, then it will at least let players enjoy more because even if they are um, keeping us immersed in the open world, you know, it's only up to a point where we can just take so little quality of life improvements. So quality of life improvements in 4.0 pathetic yes no <laughs> i wouldn't say pathetic just because of like the menus and like stuff but that's not really a quality i mean i guess it is a quality of life but like it's like a flashy thing so mm-hmm. it's like eh. <laughs> it's yeah. Meh. yeah 
All right. We have this comment. This one's by Breck667. The bubble diapers is such a negative to water exploration. Well, you know how you can get around that? You can just aim with the character and the bubble goes away. Really? I made a short on it where, like, if you aim, like, in an attack, like, the girls will, like, put out their butts and then, like, it's just the bubble's gone. And it, but then the guys are like flat as a board, but the bubble goes away. And that I, I think I titled it like, How did Genshin Impact miss this or something? I don't know. Yeah, that's so funny. It makes no sense. <laughs> I can't, I can't believe they put that there. It's literally, if you're out of the water, you can literally just, you know, what's the difference? Well, it's funny because, like, when you're like gliding, you know, there are certain mm-hmm. characters that, like, you can see, right? And mm-hmm. so they were like, okay, well, while we're swimming, we need to put a diaper so that, you know, you don't see up <laughs> their skirt or whatever. But it's like, literally, like, you can see, like, when you're, like, flying. So, like, yeah. you don't have, like, a, a, a leaf diaper when they're, like, like flying. So, <laughs> I don't know. It's, like, very inconsistent with what they do. Yeah, a leaf diaper. Oh, God. <laughs> That'd be so silly. Um... <laughs> And that is actually the last comment I threw in there. <laughs> oh my god, what a what a comment to end on. That's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> and generally, I I got to say because of course I only like hand picked these um because I felt like they were interesting and strong opinions, but the community had a lot of positive feedback for Fontaine. Yeah. Like overall, it's a, it's a general net positive i'm sure you could say the same thing from your community right like it's been a lot of oh yeah a lot of people in my community have been loving it i don't know if they've been liking it more than sumeru but overall like everyone says they love fontaine which i'm happy to see it's good that fontaine has started us off really really fresh um and it's been fun looking at these comments with you Mm Some good ones, I, I yeah. learned a lot about your uh, preferences for like exploration and world and characters yeah. um, and enemy design and stuff. So that was really cool. I hope uh, we just keep getting um, like more mechs and more interesting combat, hopefully. Darker tones. Um, Give me more darker, darker tones. Darker tones. Exactly. Doro, before we send off the podcast, I always ask my... Um, guests to give a little bit of advice to the listener so it can be on any topic that you want can be for creators can be for players can be for anyone man um for creators i would say have fun care about your community and definitely start youtube as for like (laughs) the general genshin community remember that this is a video game and the point of a video game is to have fun with it. So true. I just got to appreciate you for how much fun and laughter you bring with your content also. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I try. It really it really helps a lot with, with keeping the fun in the community. And I am so, like, inspired by how much you've done um, to get there and go there and how much you keep going. Yes, definitely stop and smell the roses. Be proud of what you've done. Uh, because it is it is so much. So congratulations yeah. on progress so far and everything you've accomplished. Thank you so much. And thank you for having me on the podcast. Today. This was a lot of fun. Thank you. You were one of the super requested guests from my community, actually. Really? So, I didn't know that. That's yeah. So, what? That's cute. <laughs> 
That made my night. Yeah. <laughs> and um, if you enjoyed this episode, please leave a comment down below on maybe your strong opinion or hot take of Fontaine if you weren't able to leave it on any of my previous posts where I asked about this or which comment in particular might have made you laugh. <laughs> <laughs> and if you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to leave a like. Consider subscribing to my channel if you haven't already. And please, please go subscribe to Dora's channel if you haven't yet and visit him on Twitch. Go say hi. You'll definitely find him there Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, as you said. Yes. Very very consistent yes. and if you're finding this podcast for the first time you can find it on youtube and spotify um and drop your comments here on youtube so i don't have any teasers for the next episode right now but rest assured sevi talks will be back in version 4.1 to talk about the upcoming content with more guests so once again thank you so much doro for coming around you've been a blast it's been really fun having you and I would love to have you again soon in the of future, course. actually. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. We'll see you soon. Bye. Take care. <laughs>